addicted to the work. Lifting till it hurt, chest sticking to my shirt. I heard sky's the limit when Biggie spit his verse. So to test it, I went and put some inches on my vert. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. Iron Mike when it's fight or flight. Going for it, I could die tonight. You need my advice, then subscribe to the podcast. Plenty time left, all I need is you to listen with a winner's mindset. Yeah. Mindset. So what's up, everybody out there? This is The Winner's Mindset. Today, I have a very, very special guest. Um, I can say so much about this person, and, and I will give you a little bit of background, um, that she is a beast, a beast <laughs> in what, what I call the, that, that hairstylist community. Yes. Uh, will be a good summary of, of how to put it. So uh, this is... Marquetta Breslin. What up? Yo, yo. So uh, you guys make sure you type in that name, search that name, find her on IG, all that good stuff. Because uh, she, she's just killing the industry, killing the game. So today, we're here on a different topic today. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marquetta, tell me a little bit about your son, Kale, who uh, I've had the opportunity to work with now for, I don't know, a year a little bit over a year. Yeah, a little, little like over a year. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just to, to kind of let people know what we got going on and why we're here today. Uh, I deal with a lot of parents, yeah. uh, a, a lot of young athletes, of course. And so, you know, I just want the opportunity to be able to share information and strategy on raising a young athlete. Absolutely. You know? So, I will take it back to when he was about two years old. Uh, he was one of those kids that always had like a crazy supernatural type of strength. I remember I had gotten back from the grocery store and I had uh, bought two gallons of milk because he used to drink a lot of milk. <laughs> but I turned around and he was carrying the gallons, two gallons of milk at yeah. two years old. Oh, wow. I was like, hold up, that's not normal. Yeah. So the older he got, the more energy. I said, I got to channel this energy somewhere. I need to put him in a sport. Yeah. So I put him in soccer. First year in soccer, he was at practice, and they were showing him a drill of how to pass with your, with your feet or whatever. And Kale was practicing this drill with his coach. Okay. And he literally, the coach broke his ankles because oh, wow. Kale was so fast. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hold up. This might be so yeah, Hold on, hold on, hold on. So the year after that, I put him in track because he was really fast. I uh, had a great first year uh, track season. Okay. Um, he ran the four by one relays. He was nice. first in a lot of things, second in a lot of things. And that's when uh, Ricky and I started to realize that he was a very athletic kid. He was gifted. Yeah. And so then he asked to play football. And I was one of those moms. I was kind of scared. Yeah. But my brothers played. So I said, well, if they survive, yeah, then... Right. He'll, be okay. Yeah, he'll be all right. So we let him play, and yeah. he fell in love with the game at seven years old. That's big. Yeah, he didn't know right. anything, um, nothing at all about the game. I don't think he had ever watched it on TV, but oh, he wow. had a great coach his first year. Yeah, that's cute. And that changed his entire perception. He was that, that young, and he said, I want to go, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Wow. So that's when we said, all right, well, that's what you want to do. Then we're going to go all in. I love it. No, I love it. So let me back up a step because there was uh, just a point that I want to touch on, Mm -hmm. or or question even. Why soccer? Why was soccer the first sport? Ricky, uh, my husband said, well, Ricky played when he was younger, and he could have 
either played soccer, kind of, not, not pro, I'll just say in college, yeah. do one, yeah. or went pro and golf. But instead of choosing soccer, he chose golf. Oh, okay. So he said, I think soccer would be great. It's speed. It's, you get to use your feet. It's oh, hand-eye yeah. coordination or eye-foot-feet coordination. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he just thought that it would be really good for him. So like, that's why no, we started there. And that's it. And that's why I wanted to touch that because yeah. whenever people ask me, like, what's the best sport to start, I always go to soccer. Really? I didn't you know, know that. Speed, coordination, yeah. conditioning. Yes. Uh, just the, the amount of running that goes into soccer. Yes. So so that's the go-to sport for me, for younger athletes, yeah. until they you know get a little older and do basically what Kel did, and then they say, hey, I want to try football or baseball or whatever mm-hmm. other sport, but that's a great starting point. So, yeah, yeah that was good. I just wanted to see what the, what the thoughts. So shout out to Ricky. <laughs> hey. Shout out. Good decision. Good start. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Good, good, good. Yeah. So, so in my industry, of course, I get the responsibility a lot of times of helping guide families and guide young athletes, uh, help, you know, just make decisions in terms of, you know, sports and training and nutrition and recruiting. So, and I know you and I talk a lot, and I just thought this would be a good chance to open up some of those questions that, that you may have as a parent, because I feel like there's a lot of parents out there that are going to have similar questions, and, you know, this is a good way to just communicate and Get some information. Absolutely. The biggest thing, um, the biggest question that I always had as a parent who we're, you know us very well. You know what type of parents we are. We could be hovering or we can take a step back. And when you know your kid has a gift or a talent and you feel that, but they're not reaching their full potential because I don't know, you know how teenagers are. They might not feel it at that moment or whatever. When, as a parent, and I'm asking this for other parents because I get it now, but when, as a parent, is it time to step back and allow them, that's so hard to do, (laughs) but allow them to fall or to do whatever they're going to do, and you just say, all right, I've put in this time, now you got to do it. Yeah, and and that's a good question, and it is uh, very important because it's a hard transition. You know, yeah. parents are, you know, right there, you know, hands on with everything. Yes. You know, and, and, and it becomes a point for me right around that, once they kind of in that sixth or seventh grade, you know, kind of in that two to three year before high school, to me, that's the most important years for parents to just start to kind of pull back and let that kid go out there, make some mistakes, let them learn some discipline, you know, and, and the key thing is this. If you've provided them with the right resources, you know, people you trust. Like, you know, I know you trust phase one and what we're doing. So people that you trust, that's the best time for you to communicate with those people and say, hey, I brought them this far. I got them here. I provided everything. Now I need to separate slightly and let them mature into what I know they're going to mature into. And the key to it is this. I think one of the common mistakes and what makes it so difficult is parents wait too late and they don't instill those work habits and those disciplines early. You know, they kind of hand them everything. And then now when it's time to let go, no one can figure out why they're behind or why they don't have that level of maturity. And I think it's because we didn't instill it early. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time, when everyone knows it's time to pull back, you're not ready. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's, it's important to give those kids those disciplines early, you know, create a system even at home on on how they receive what they receive. 
whatever it is, but it, it'll just create those disciplines. And now when it's time to pull back, you'll have a kid that's telling you, hey, mom, I'm going to be at the gym in 15 minutes. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it won't be you knocking on the door and saying, hey, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, not ready yet. I can't find my shoes. Yeah. Because we haven't instilled that deep level of discipline yeah. that the kids need. So I think right around that sixth, seventh grade, it's, yeah. it's time to release. You don't want to carry that through high school. You don't want them in high school, <laughs> sophomores, juniors, still being codependent. Mm -hmm. By them, they need to grow. They need to mature. They need to deal with, you know, face the good and bad. They need to just deal with it. But if we don't build that momentum, it's going to be very difficult. So, yeah. So I had to learn that the hard way. When, when Kel first, we actually, I don't know if you're, you probably don't remember this, but these, uh, I think it was March or May of 2018, I think it was, or maybe it was 2017, we were coming here because Kel got invited to some all-star football game in Dallas. Yeah. So I said, well, Kel, the game is two weeks out. You need to go to Facebook and start conditioning. Yeah. Day one, he got in the car. He said, Mom, I can't do this before. I said, Kel, it's one day. I haven't played football in three years. Yeah, and he was yeah. a little bit overweight. Yeah. And he, he wanted to give up. But I was so frustrated with him inside. But I had to just let him see for himself and get there and let him see what everybody else had been doing. But it didn't take until we came here full time. I used to tell him every morning, Kel, you got to, like, did you do push-ups and sit-ups? Did yeah. you do this? Did you do that? And I found myself asking yeah. him all the time. And now I don't have to say nothing. Yeah. He eats right. He, I don't have to tell him that. He runs almost two miles every morning. I don't have to tell him to do that. He does everything now on his own, but we also stop asking him. Yeah. We stop. We st I'm not going to ask you no more. And he'll say, today, Mom, we don't be late. You taking too long to come out of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him doing that. So he's grown so much being here. And that's dropping him off and not sitting there. And that has been so helpful. And that's huge. And, yeah. and, that's, and you mentioned some key things in there that I, that I want to touch on. When a kid or a young athlete transitions to where you don't have to ask them everything, that's the first sign that they're maturing, number one. Yeah. And it's a big sign that that athlete, that kid, wants it as much as you want it for him. Yes. And, and that's another hard topic is because, and I get it, when they're young, yeah, you probably, you see it a little bit different, but you have to make sure that these young athletes love the game, they want to be great, they want to play, so that way it doesn't become your dream, exactly. it's their dream. Like, whose dream is this? Yeah. And I've been doing this 17 years, and trust me, I've run into some parents where I'm like, well, I got to like, hey, man, like, we need to talk. You're not running like football. <laughs> you know, you can't think, yes, one hundred percent, one hundred. I've had, I've, I've had stories. I've had athletes that have came in, and their parent is so overbearing. They want, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, I want to be here three days a week because for me at that age, it's great. no, we want five days, we want six, quit. and it's like, dude, you're you're gonna push your kid away, and they're going to quit. And and I had one particular parent that was doing that. I mean, it got so bad. He was inside phase one so much that I would have him just help me some days. Who wouldn't even try? He's like, what we got today? Uh, help me take out that trash. We're going to straighten up all the bins. He's like, we're not working out? No, dude, I know, you, I know you're burnt. I know you're overtraining right now. But you can't tell your dad because you're a child and you can't talk back to your parents. Yeah. And I know I try to reason. So I try to reason. And we didn't cut your common glove. So guess what? I'll control it for you. 
Today we're playing catch. <laughs> Go get the football. <laughs> That's crazy. Because I understood it, yeah. and, and it's sad as it is, I've had two scenarios in particular that I can think of where a kid trained all the way through high school, actually got a scholarship, went off to play, and within a year, two years, quit. Full ride, on campus, dorm, meal plan, everybody ecstatic, everybody in the world knows this kid's here to play football, this kid's here to play baseball, and they literally say, I don't want to play football. So that's my next question, okay. actually. Let's do it. Kind of, that's my next question. What age is too young, or what age is that prime age for them to start training so that they can develop that habit? Because that's a big part of being yeah. an athlete yeah. is taking care of your body. Yeah. But a lot of parents don't understand. I don't think they understand the importance of that. Yeah. And they just uh, let them run outside or play video games yeah. Yeah. so much. Yeah. And I've seen... With Kale, what yeah. that can do to a child, yeah. it's not healthy. It's yeah, and, and, it, and it's a great point. And, and here's what we have to think about. Let's look at the difference. So, if you look at our generation, for example, in the street playing, kids chasing each other, Barefoot. we racing in the street. <laughs> yep, we playing football during football season, basketball during basketball season, baseball during baseball season. So we were developing athletically without even thinking about it, mm -hmm. without any structure, without any phase one sports, mm -hmm. we were doing it. Now fast forward, when's the last time you came to your neighborhood and you had to stop because so many kids were playing in the street? Yeah, but I, don't, I didn't even know there were kids in our neighborhood until exactly. Halloween. Exactly, until Halloween. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> All right, now let me do that. So, so that's, that's the difference. So when I tell parents and they say, you know, well, you know, they're only, you know, 12, only 10, 13. Should we start this early? Yes. If you want your, your athlete to have the opportunity to be competitive and keep up with the, the way the game is now, they have to train early. Here's a big difference. If you look at it, if you picture phase one sports back then, it would almost override what the kids were doing in the streets in their communities. Whether good or bad, as a young boy, I jumped so many fences. I done climbed <laughs> on the roof. I done ran. I done threw rocks at songs. Yeah. I've done everything yeah. that was making Mike a pretty high-level athlete mm -hmm. before I even realized what an athlete or elite-level athlete was. We're racing. Yeah. We're playing. Every family barbecue, picnic, function, oh, was, the whole yeah. family's race. We knew the fastest uncles down to the kids. <laughs> Yeah, for real. When, when you, when you, I don't care if you transfer schools, when you go to a new school, when you get there, you say, you fast? Yeah, I'm fast. All right, well, you got to be him. Exactly. If you need him, then you can raise him. But it was an order because we were athletes and we understood it. Mm -hmm. Now, I asked, and I've done this for years, and this has been going on for years now. I would ask my, my athletes. They'd be five friends, grew up together, same community, same neighborhood. Say, Who's the fastest out of y'all? They don't know. I go, when the last time y'all lined up in race? They look at me like I'm crazy. Like, race for what? <laughs> like, I practice? I'm like, no, just in the street. Just messing around. They're like, why would we do that? I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> why would you do that? So what that leads us to is now if you have a young athlete, they have to be in a program like phase one. They have to get their coordination, their running form, their technique, their conditioning, because they're not getting it anywhere else. And here's the second part to that. Now we're also seeing which 
I'm probably 50-50 on it, but we now see that athletes have to decide or they're making a decision to decide what sport they play at a very early age. I have eight-year-olds. I play baseball. Yes, I agree with There's no football, no basketball, no other sport. I play baseball. I play soccer. So from one angle, I'm like, wow. So you're really not going to develop your overall coordination because you're you're playing a sport oh, of one pattern. One if I'm a baseball player, I know how to swing a bat for five hours a week, ten hours a week, yeah. and I run bases, I field balls. But at least at when we were young, basketball taught us one skill. We're jumping, we're moving, we're sprinting, yeah. we're playing defense. Then we went to football, contact. We're learning how to compete, throw a ball, catch a ball. Then we're playing baseball. So mm-hmm. we learned so much where now it's restricted, but here's the other side of the coin. It's so competitive now If my kid is a baseball player, and so when he goes off to play football, basketball, and these other sports, he's falling behind competitively because these other baseball players are committing to that sport 12 months a year. So where's the competition at? So if I'm playing soccer, if your daughter is playing soccer year-round and my daughter is playing soccer three months a year, which one is going to be better skilled when she gets 15? So how do you argue it? That's why I'm stuck in the middle. So the only balance is what? They have to be in a program like phase one. Because guess what? When you come to our speed agility class, we're working on everything. I'm not working on soccer. All type of athletes, football, basketball, baseball, conditioning, track, lateral movement, change of direction. If you play soccer, you play baseball, you play basketball, it's going to be beneficial. So when I tell parents, it's like, of course, in my position, it's hard because I don't want to ever sound like the sales guy. Yeah. But I'm like, your kid has to be in an athlete development That's program. True. That's true. Yes. Like Haley, my, my young soccer girl, she's been playing soccer, the only sport for the last five, six years. She's only 13. So her training is what's making her a, a high-level athlete and a very skilled soccer player. So that's probably one of the hardest battles that I had to have because I get it. But I had I to it. learn that Kel becoming an overall athlete yes. was the most important yes. thing so that when he steps out there on that football field, he might play, shoot, he played running back for the first three seasons of his little tiny career so far and then got put in a defensive position. So you never know. And I told him, you, got, you have to be willing to play Whatever position on that field, except for quarterback, yeah. we already yeah, you know. Right that's not gonna be his deal. Uh, but I told him you gotta be athletic enough to play whatever they tell you, and that comes with your training, which is what he has. Man, I wish we could do it before and after. Oh yeah, and that's where I was. I will we, show you a picture of him yeah. when he started. He's oh, your every kid. I mean, everyone yes. in the gym is like. That the same kid? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, same kid. Yeah. yeah. He looks good. Little yes. arm can cut out. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. doing good. I'm proud of him. No, I love it, man. And, that, and that's what it's all about is just the progression and the consistency. Yeah. Right? Consistency. Yeah. So, and I've seen a lot of kids like that here. Yeah. That have been here as long as he been, he's been here that have transitioned. Yeah. And it's just, it's great to see. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's something that we can, we can definitely touch on is, you know, consistency. Because yes. the kids need it, yes. and the parents have to instill that in them because it all goes to that never quit, that mm-hmm. kind of mindset that they're going to need, not just through sport, but through life. Mm-hmm. So they need to know yes. this is just a part of your schedule. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's also going to offset later on, you know, when they're older and they have families and you talk about overall health and nutrition, 
the consistency is what ties it all together. Yeah. So, so I really preach that a lot to our young athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had a, I had a conversation with a parent uh, recently, and and uh, the parent, you know, calls me and is like, you know, I want to get my son back on. You know, it's time again. And I said, look, hold on, before we start, here's my only question. Are we going to be consistent this time? That's important. And he thought, like, you can tell he kind of froze. And I'm like, I'm like, at the end of the day, I want to, I'm in the business of developing athletes. Yes. But I cannot develop an athlete if he's only here for three, four weeks, and then you disappear for two, three months, and then you come back and say, we got three weeks. And I'm like, I'd rather just stop. Let's just stop. Yeah. Because we're really wasting time. We're wasting money. We're wasting it. Like, let's do it right, mm-hmm. and let's teach these athletes that they have to be consistent in order to accomplish those goals. So, mm-hmm. so I, I commend you guys on that. Kel's been super consistent, and that's why we're getting the results right with you. Yeah, we even we will schedule trips around yeah. training. Yeah. It's that important. Yeah. No, because that's his, that's his goal. He said that's yeah. what he wants to do. He yeah. wants to be supportive. Yeah. Supportive. Yeah. yeah. I have a very controversial question. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask my show <laughs> school holding them back from preschool you know what I'm saying we're going to wait another year or being 8th grade and like hey we're supposed to be going to high school but we're staying back so it's and here's the the scary part about it for me if you look at all things being equal you kind of say well do we really have to go to that extent of holding a kid back do we really have to go to the extent of uh, you know, a kid graduating and he's already 18, 19 years old for some of these kids. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he's a grown man, he's got a family. Uh, he's a senior in high school. His kid's at the game watching. <laughs> but uh, so when you think about that, it, it makes you say, okay, how did we get to the point where we're putting athletics so on top of academics and everything else? So I get that. But now here's the other side of that coin. It's a competitive market. These athletes are developing like never before. Mm-hmm. You have places like Phase One that are turning these kids into little chiseled statues yeah. and monsters, and they're strong <laughs> and they're walking around, and you're like, "Wow!" And so, from a parent perspective, if you have a kid that is just a little bit behind athletically, mm-hmm. maybe size, maybe statue, maybe maturity, maybe the the discipline and the commitment stuff that we've been talking about, then it can be a disservice to not give them the opportunity because it has become so common that he will forever be disadvantaged Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if we're really putting a lot of weight on his athletic side, the athletic career. So so with my young athletes, when when parents come and they want to discuss this, I make what I call first is the athletic assessment. Where is this kid at? Is he way ahead of schedule? Because trust me, I got some parents that want to do it, and their kids already freaking dominating everything. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 
Why? And, and there's no real good answer. And so with those, I'm like, dude, it's really not worth it. They're already ahead of schedule. They're already playing, you know, two years up in their club team. They're playing uh, their own varsity as a freshman or a sophomore. And you're like, I think, you know, they, they've been training to be successful the whole yeah. time, so we're fine. Yeah. But then I have other athletes that I do feel like are about a year behind. Yeah. You know, whether their birthday was just a little bit off, so they started school a little bit early, mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's just, like I said, maturity. So in those cases, and I actually recommend it. You know yeah. what I mean? I know a lot of trainers, a lot of people, maybe maybe they wouldn't. But I look at it from that standpoint of, I don't want an athlete that has a high-level potential, and they're just a little bit behind, to always be a little behind. Because here's what happens. They go into high school, their own freshman team, sophomore year, instead of going up to varsity, they're on JV because they're what? They're a year behind. Yep. So now they're junior year, they're okay, maybe they don't start, maybe they're, they're playing well, but guess what? They're a year behind. That's the bottom Now they're a senior. And we're like, man, he's this close to getting that full ride or getting that D1 mm. scholarship, and we just missed it. But they're about a year behind. So now close your eyes and think of that feeling and say, what if we have one more year? I agree. It could change everything. You know what I mean? So, so it's obviously a family decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the people that I feel like have had the most reserve are, are the people that are very high standard of academic, which I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if it's really like they're losing anything academically, but I think just to hold that concept, because notorious, it's for kids that are academically struggling. Right, right exactly. so, I, so I understand why the academic thought would always be like, well, why are we doing it? Because he's academically fine, but if we are putting a lot of weight on the athletic side, which it's, it's our culture. It's what it is. It's, it's the same reason the eight-year-old knows I want to play soccer for my whole exactly. life. Yes, exactly. It's just a part of it now. And if we're going to be investing into the training, investing into, you know, I mean, travel and uniforms and, put, you know, That's all this. If you're invested in it, you, at the end of the day, part of being a great parent, in my opinion, is always providing the resources and putting your kid in the best possible position to be successful. Yeah. And if a holdback is a part of that, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. And can it be a little bit of a safety issue, too, yeah. when it comes to development, like the way they develop and the athleticism yeah. and that, right, too? No, it could be. It could be a physical thing as far as just development, yeah. uh, injury-wise, because like I said the high school kids are now so freaking big and strong and fast that if you're an yes. athlete and that's the sport, which that's what Kel plays, and they're a little behind, it could be dangerous in that, in that sense. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's just a lot of reasons for it. And then there's just the, the, the common reason just to say, I just want my kid to have an extra year to go. What's wrong with that? So I don't see any issue with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I understand the pros and cons, so I see where someone can say, that's a lot. You know, and I can see why some parents are like, no, I would never do that. And I get it. But but that also could be an athlete or a parent that is not as invested into the sports side. And that's true, too. Yeah. I have parents that are, you know, they're more about, you know, the, the academic side, more they want them to go to Ivy League school and things like that that may not even have a great football program. And the kids in that mindset, that's fine. It's not for you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. focus on academics. School, uh, football and sport will always be second. That's fine. It's okay. But I don't see it being a negative for parents that have that level of investment and want that opportunity for their kid. And me, in my position, if my kid's vested into, into their sport, whether it be football, baseball, whatever sport, and I feel like they're behind, I would do it in heartbeat. I wouldn't even say yes. Because I know we need that year to develop. Now, yeah. my kids just playing because they're bored, 
hey, Dad, I just want to play sports so I can be around my friends. Well, guess what? We're not going to hold you back. We're not even going to worry about it. And that's how I need to see your partnership work because we need these grades because you're not getting the scholarship. So, so I'm not even worried about recruiting if I have a kid that's just doing it for fun, just enjoys it, and is not overly competitive. We didn't worry about it. Yeah. So there are, I actually get asked this question a lot by uh, a lot of people with my followers and people who attend my live events. They have kids, but they don't have a phase one where they live. What do you say to those parents? I know you have, um, which I tell everybody about game speed. Game speed is amazing. Um, But what do you say to those parents and those youth athletes that need this athletic-based training, but they don't have uh, they don't have a phase one. Let's just yeah. put it like that. They don't have a facility like this. Yep. Yeah, and that, and that is very difficult. Um, so a couple of suggestions. I mean, you mentioned game, game Speed, which is one of our training programs. I also do some online stuff to help people write programs. Oh, good. Do it yes. Their own. So I do have some online clients. So that, that could be a viable option. Uh, and then if I just push all of that aside, because sometimes it's also resources. Yeah. Sometimes they can't afford a phase one. That's true. Or a yeah. general and that kind of thing. So, so here's what I would recommend. If, you, if it is a resource issue or just an environmental issue, try to connect with that coach, that Pop Warner coach, that high school coach, that middle school coach, that is that community coach that loves the kids, you know, one that picks them up for practice and drops mm-hmm. them off. Find that coach and just ask them if they're willing to work with your athlete. I don't care if it's soccer, basketball, football. So, you know, my son is really loves the sport. We don't have any money to, to go get a trainer or take him to this spot or maybe there's one not one close is there any way you can work with him a couple of days a week on some stuff that you probably know as a coach he needs to work on yeah so that that would be one one solution another solution which especially if your kid is in that 12 or older stage mm-hmm. go on youtube go to our youtube channel yes. our phase one online yes, it's awesome. i mean you can type in how to get faster you know how to get stronger you know and there's going to be you know some pretty smart guys on there uh, like I said, our phase one online, I actually upload complete training programs that literally are just free. Just watch them. And, and so if you have that kid, encourage him to go on YouTube and, and do it with them. You know, hey, this is a speed training program. This program says all we need to do is go to the track. Guess what? Your public school track is open seven days a week. You know, after hours, go to the track and, and just follow that program. You know, so you can have a virtual trainer yeah. and still help your athlete develop. Yeah. There's ways to do it. Yeah. Only thing that we can't do, if I just be a hunter, only thing we can't do is use it as an excuse. It's the only thing we can't do. Yes. We can't just say, well, we don't have a phase one, or we don't have money for that. Okay, yeah? yeah? Because guess what? When, when I was young, I didn't have a phase one. Yeah, but, that's true. But I took everything anybody ever said. I was that kid. If you told me, hey, man, running heels make you faster. That's what I did in Morovia, California. I found a big hill, and I just ran up and down it until I could move. I didn't know how many to do. I didn't know how long I was supposed to do it. I just went up there and did it. And every now and then, I talked to him, a friend go with me. You know, they said, running stairs. You know, I remember, I'll tell you this. I remember a, a coach told me to get your foot, your feet fast and jump rope. So I went, I remember, yeah. went to Kmart, got me a jump rope, and literally, I was jump roping in my room. Like, literally, in my bedroom every night. Why? Because the coach said, Jump rope is going to get your feet faster. So excuses are the only thing that I can't accept. But other than that, man, Phil, I mean, parents, listening, send me an email. 
Follow me on Instagram. I will yeah. say I will help you with a program. Yeah. I will text you back something to do on your own in your out if it's in your front yard. We can make it work, but yeah. just don't create excuses because number one, we know they're not real. And here's the worst part about creating excuses. You're teaching your, your child that it's okay if I have a legitimate excuse. That's true. And that's one of my pet peeves with parents and athletes. Yeah. Because guess what? A lot of times in my industry, I'll be talking to a kid. Hey, why, why are you? Why are you? You know, why don't you have your right shoes today? Oh, my mom. Stop. Excuse. Or here's one even worse. Why don't you have the right? And then all of a sudden, mom from five feet away. Oh, I didn't. I didn't pack the shoe. Mom. Mom. Nobody talking to me. And number one, you just showed your kid that I will bail you out of anything that happens. I don't care how small it is. Mike just wants to know where your cleats are. But mom's already jumped in. Kid didn't even get a chance to even answer. So that tells that kid I don't have to worry about anything and I don't have to be accountable. And if I have a good excuse, I'm good to go. And it is the worst way to raise a young person, period.